This is the official Caps Shirt Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Show, and I am back with another incredible episode of the official Caps Shirt Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. As per our usual Monday schedule, we'll be reviewing the Washington Capitals and the league's week in review. If you're an OG, you knew that. If you're new, thanks for listening. Hope you like it. On Thursday, we've got a epic interview with lead singer of Out of Time, a Florida-based band. They're based out of Orlando, but lead singers from the DMV from Maryland. <clears throat> Dude's a huge Caps fan. Names Mikey Forbes. Real beauty. Uh, 120% you're gonna, if, especially if you've got like member berries about the Washington Capitals, like pre-Oviera. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're into that, you know, first of all, check out Out of Time. Really cool punk band. And then, second of all, tune into that epi uh, and take a look and a couple old standing elder millennial Caps fans, if you will. Um, additionally, using a, a new kind of stream setup, I don't we don't really push this, but because our episodes come out every Monday and Thursday, but typically we will stream every Sunday. Right now I'm doing it at like one in the fucking morning because I was so ill prepared for this. I uh, had to build the outline and then, you know, decide, hey, might as well change up the camera angle. So that's where we're at now. If you want to tune in, if you follow us on social, like you can check the stream. You can look at uh, previous videos and whatnot if that's how you'd prefer to listen. Uh, but, of course, podcast. This is a podcast, so that's our that's our native format, if you will. Anyways, that was far too long of an intro. Let me pop some tabs to get into it. One, two, three. All right, so league news, e-bug alert. Caps fans, we know that like every season there's an amazing story about this e-bug and, and how he got his start or whatever, got, got a start and played some game, some actual like in real life NHL game minutes, not just sat on the bench, which is what mostly e-bugs do. If the starter goes down though, or if the starter and the backup go down in the NHL, you're, you're allowed to just grab some local guy out of the crowd, which is essentially what an e-bug is, to go play net. Now, this is a tradition that is, I mean, it's it's more of a, a facet that was bred out of necessity. First of all, back in the day, I'm sure goalie pads were even more expensive than what they are now. And, you know, when it comes down to it all, there was really, it was, it was such a specialized position and in the hyper-local markets that NHL games in the 1900s were being run from, they basically were like, if the goalie went down, you were only rostered one. You, there was no backup back in the day. But you were only rostered one. So if that guy like got a skate to the jugular or like got a puck to the face, you were literally asking the crowd, like, hey, is there any like college players that are in attendance that could just like strap up and play for us? So... That's really where the tradition started, and I say tradition loosely because, you know, who is it? David Akers won a game against the Maple Leafs with with an e-bug when he was playing for Carolina, became an instant hero, and 
the entire Toronto fucking media was like, cancel ebooks. I find it one of the most charming and quirky things about the NHL. I mean, this is a regular motherfucker. Now, in this case, David Akers, he, he fucking drove the Zam for the rink. And they were like, yo, we need you. And he was like, the problem is we need you for the other team. So every rink, because it's, again, hyper-local and, and to get somebody within a phone call, they'd have to be within at least driving distance of the rink. Each rink has an e-bug. So if you're the like Washington Capitals e-bug, you would have to play for the other team if their goalie tandem fell under the same injury situation where their starter and their backup both took a shit. Uh, so that's what's even cooler about it, honestly, for me. Um, but usually this is like just something crazy happens, crazy situation. You just got to reach out and grab somebody. And that person who in their own rights is probably an elite beer leaguer at worst, right? Most of them have D1 college experience, juniors experience. I mean, they're stud goalies uh, by any human uh, me, you know, relativity there. But when it comes down to playing in the NHL, they just didn't do it, right? Or they're a little older or whatever it may happen. Whatever may have happened, they're not an NHLer at this point. And honestly, they probably aren't NHLers, but they get the shot anyways. I mean, it's it's literally the dream. It's like any beer leaguer's dream, any adult person's dream that could play in the NHL. Uh, so the Oilers used Matt Berlin who to close out the third and 7-3 win against the Blackhawks. Matt is an Edmonton native and a University of Alberta player for the team at the college. The Oilers are pretty much, I think they kind of planned on this to make it a feel-good story, but goddamn, is it cool? It doesn't matter. I mean, this kid may never sniff the NHL, obviously. I mean, this seems like some kind of publicity thing, yeah, but he also got like a pretty cool benefit. And hey, maybe we will see him in the show, right? I mean, let's build some storylines off this marketing ploy. Uh, he did make one blocker save. Crowd loved it. He hammed it up, gave him the glove to the ear. Uh, you know, this is just a good case to never take away ebooks, right? Even when used in like a somewhat marketing kind of feel good story that's, you know, in a throwaway game, a seven to three win, ebug comes in, backups sick or hurt or couldn't do, couldn't come to the game, whatever it may be. You grab your ebug and you say, like, listen, man. First whistle, and then they told this kid, first whistle, after three minutes, you're going in. Uh, obviously knowing that they probably weren't going to be able to give up, they probably weren't going to give up four goals in, in that time uh, to lose the game or to even tie it. I I think, like, where in professional sports will you find that? Nobody's going to go looking for a center, like a fucking middle linebacker uh, in an NFL game when their roster size is like 150 dudes. Nobody's going to be looking for an outfielder in the MLB because there's like a kajillion guys on that roster. Nobody's going to be looking for a goalie in soccer because they just can't find one, you know? Um, I mean, it speaks to the brutalness of the sport, but it also speaks to just like how rooted in, in, in the community hockey, like, is and has to be to be successful. So I love e-bugs. Never, never give it up. The The moment that the NHL 
takes away e-bugs is the moment I write an incredibly angry letter to my congressman, the Canadian ministry, and that team specifically, and the NHL. Everybody's, everybody's, you know, fight on sight there. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Ebugs rule. Caught this article on NHL.com saying that uh, Cole Caulfield would have played through the Habs injury, or uh, through the injury if the Habs had been in the playoff race. You know, that's a really tough headline at NHL.com. Cole Caulfield would have played through injury if Habs were in the playoff race. That just makes things look way more grim when in a vacuum than really you just want to see your young studs like go for it. Like, of course, he's going to say if the playoffs were in reach, would he have played injured? Like you ask a hockey player, probably, would you play injured at your next beer league game? Somebody's going to say yes. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, of course, it's 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 first of all. An absolutely meaningless and moot question to ask. But second of all, like, of course he's going to say I'm a tough guy, right? I, what are you looking for here? Weird headline. I don't know. It gave me, as the young millennials and Gen Z are saying, the ick. Uh, it, but an all in all, truly just like a bottled answer. Of course, Cole Field, oh yeah, if, if, the, if the playoffs were in question... You know, not thinking like, uh, yeah, we're out of the dance for sure, and and we're just gonna move ahead this way. I don't know. Just it all makes sense, and all of the all of the questioning or all of the answers were very logical. It's just I don't know. Why do you want to just see the way that it was presented was quite the spin, if you will. Uh, Barkov replacing Matthews, <clears throat> who's on the shelf for All Star Weekend. Yay. Uh, if I need to remind you, fucking all-star weekends upon us. I don't typically pay attention to this because it's, um, for fun. So, you know, that's how I treat it. You know, I don't really look at it seriously. It's not really that big of a deal. I loved it when Chara and OV were like ripping the fastest shot. Obviously that's going to have to be a thing. There's probably a couple more stupid ass events that they're going to do. Accuracy, speed skating, those are always good. Don't get me wrong. It's cool to see that. But it's not like hockey that counts for anything. It's a three three on three tournament anymore. There's like no defenseman on any roster except for like Kale McCarr and Adam Fox. Um, so it's it's just a gong show. Like we're just taking rushes. I don't know which. Eventually, like the All Star Games themselves quickly devolve into that. There's no defense being played. It's like what can you do three on one, three on zero oh against a fucking forward, right? So whatever. Anyways, All-Star Weekend is the 3rd and the 4th, and like I said, there's no defensemen, so it's basically just a big beauty pageant. And some people like that. I, for one, if I miss the entire All-Star Weekend, which I may, I will not give a single fuck. But I'll read some headlines and regurgitate them for you so that you know. Um, yeah, that's how it is. Sorry, that's if you're new. That's that's not a new. That's not a new trend. We barely cover the All Star Weekend. Um, you know, we'll give you who, who shot the fastest though, and who skated the fastest. We'll give you the highlights. Don't worry. Injuries. Uh, McKay of out the rest of the season for the Canucks with ACL surgery. Macwin out five weeks for the Flyers with a broken jaw. Dude has fifty four penalty minutes in forty six games. I'm not exactly sure how this broken jaw worked. Uh, or happened to him, but I think that you could maybe, uh, I don't know, draw those lines together yourself. Hey, live by the sword, die by the sword. 
obviously a really good role player for the for the Flyers. Um, you know, love to see a guy coming out and chucking nucks, but you know, sometimes somebody's gonna button you. That's the that's the worst part about being an enforcer or any fighter, really. There's always someone bigger. So, Caps fans, I know it's it's like one in the morning for me, so you know, we're gonna I'm gonna speed rush this. Uh, if you haven't heard, we are now sponsored by Raycon, which is a headphone company that makes like earbuds and like uh, you know, either premium earbuds and, and other headphones. Uh, at about half the price of other premium audio brands, so pretty uh, pretty good price point here. Three customizable sound sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel grips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistance. And here's the really cool thing, I think. It's eight hours of life for everyday earbuds or 11 for an everyday speaker. Uh, and in play time for it. So because I'm your friend and that you want to support us and this new sponsor, if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go buy Raycon, go to Raycon. I'm sorry, go to buy Raycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy Raycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN 15% off some badass headphones and earbuds wireless all the all the fancy shit and thank us later for this amazing discount that we have provided for you do it um, or we're not friends anymore basically also if you're in the gambling mood, of course, we have DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat game, same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in and place a same game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Capstans, we've had a you know a pretty crazy week. I would say this is definitely this was a this was a, a watermark, a benchmarking week for us to see how we could hang with some pretty stiff competition. I had said we weren't going to win a single game. The Washington Capitals proved me wrong, thank God, against the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's talk all about it in today's Washington Wraparound. Mmm, vibes are good so far in this epi. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Uh, took a little sippy sippy break. I'm probably going to fuck it up right now, but hey. Mmm. Beer. Okay. So, Caps fans... First of all, got some got some OV news. Looks like he is going to the All Star game with the kids. You know, he's got his two sons. You know, gonna go hit the beach town. The Ovechkins love Miami, and this year it's in Sunrise, Florida. So really, all of the 
all the NHL had to do to get Ovechkin to show up is to put the All Star Game in Sunrise, my uh, Sunrise, Florida, and he would have been there. Just automatic, right? Um, you know, it's it's interesting. It's the first time in a while that he has actually gone to an All Star Game and attended without injury and like you know opting out actually, like just saying like just give me the one game sussy. I'm not going to go. Um, so he's taken the the uh, like he's avoided going in uh, a total of five five All Star games. Imagine imagine your life. You're just like yeah, I'm an All Star. I'm just not going to go to the game because I don't know. It's beneath me, or I just don't want to go, or I'm resting up for the season. And honestly, I mean, it's apparently worked. Maybe he's needed that time. It's good to have a week off. You know, we talk about, you know, the last dance. If you ever watched that, Dennis Rodman had to go to like Vegas and like do a bunch of drugs and bang strippers to continue the dynasty in which the Chicago Bulls were. So, in total, <laughs> Ovechkin has missed. In 2012, 2016, 2019, 2020, and 2022. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, I'm just interested that he's going to actually be there. So he's probably going to be like super, having a super good time. I hope he's healthy. Uh, I definitely see him sandbagging the fuck out of the 3v3 and really just being like, I'm going to, like you guys are going to feed me. So of course though, with a game like that, He's going to have like Sid on his line. He's going to have somebody else who's doing all the work and just feeding him, feeding him dime apples to Barry. And, uh, you know, when you've got a cannon like that, you've got the howitzer, you've got to place it in the right position. So that's what Ovechkin, I foresee, is going to do. He'll probably take his shot at the hardest shot competition as well. So let's hope that he does well there. The stadium series for the Washington Capitals, uh, they've been included this year. On February 18th versus Carolina is when the game will actually go down, I believe, in Raleigh. Uh, and New Jerseys have come out, and honestly, I really don't hate them. They were kind of two, three-tone, red stripe, but really, like, the, the bulk of the jersey was the weagle across the across the belly there. You know, Capstans, we've all been bitching about, let's just make the weagle our jersey. Let's make the weagle our jersey. Well, here it is. And, of course, in true life and NHL fashion, they didn't give it to you like the way that you want it. They just gave it to you in this kind of two-tone thing. I don't hate it. You know, the Caps are the away team. The Carolina Hurricanes jerseys look good. They're just two-tone, black and red. I love the simplicity of that design. I think that NHL jerseys should be more simple. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm with all of them. I'm with both of the jerseys. I like them both. Uh, I think the Washington Capitals do not deserve any heat for what they've put out here, and I'm looking forward to them playing in uh, in rally. So let's get into some games here. Um, you know, um, oh, first of all, I'm sorry, I wanted to cover that at All Star Weekend, the uh, the the United by Hockey Mobile History Museum uh, is going to be at All Star Weekend. Uh, it's really cool. There's going to be gear from the likes of like Korea Ori, Ethan Bear, Austin Matthews to be featured. They're going to be showcasing diversity in hockey. Um, additionally, Jessica uh, Kazimis Stick will be there, and Julie Chu's old Western Hockey Western Women's Hockey League uh, jersey will be there. Um, you know, I'm not hating on this. I know that like, you know, maybe some super woke people will be like, "This is pandering," but. Um, 
you know, I was when I whenever this thing comes around, like you're looking at this as a family event, right? Um, and take out all the like social bullshit of it all. Uh, if you look at like what kids are going to experience there, you know, I understand like the the mind of a young child is like a moldable piece of clay, and and you know whatever you can influence children pretty easily because you know they're fucking children, but. I feel like if I was like a 10 to 14, even 16, even high school aged kid and I saw this type of effort being put out by the NHL and showcasing people of color, I probably would have been like, that's cool, you know, hey, and, you know, they care. That's it. Um, For some reason, I've messed up this whole entire outline. I do need to backtrack. Uh, Kazimko, really quick on contracts. Kazimko uh, for the Canucks is a standout to uh, a standout rookie. Got a two-year, eleven million dollar bag. Good for him. Scored twenty-one goals, uh, which is good for second best in the team. But Vancouver is a poverty franchise, so expect that guy to be on the waiver wire or walking away from the organization after this next contract ends. Um. Okay, so. Moving on to the games, again, sorry, you know, I just, I jinxed it, I said everything was going so well, things were running smooth, I was, the lines were on point, and now I'm, I'm out here, you know, bumble fucking around. Um, the first game of the week, 9pm, Colorado, at Colorado, 3-2 loss, you know, just to start off, Backy out illness, Oshi out baby, at Osh babe had another babe. Still no doubt, and Carlson, and then Wilson blocked a shot and went down the tunnel. Like, that's really all you need to know about this Colorado game. The Colorado Avalanche are not a bad team, don't get me wrong. I think the Washington Capitals took the game to them this this time. I, I just don't think it was enough. Um, eventually, Colorado came back and scored and uh, the game winner. But all in all, the Washington Capitals kept it close, knowing that, you know, three, four... Uh, eventually four of their you know top players or core players were out uh i can't totally hate it i thought the effort was there i thought it was all you know it was okay it was just one of those bad beats right that you're gonna have to take this is the the nature of an 82 game season um and i'll say this i think the washington capitals like came out with with a with a at times especially early on came out with some effort you know they came out showing jam and throughout the week you this is where you see even though the Washington Capitals seem to be putting a good game together you make one mistake and these top teams are going to burn you for it and that is the difference between playing good hockey and bad hockey both teams are so good that you know you're going to you're going to have your chances on net maybe several but the other team's going to withstand them and then you're going to slip up once you know if the Washington Capitals which they're notorious for doing you know blown coverage errant pass whatever it may be that's going to end up in the back of your net always a bad bad time i do believe ovechkin scored in this goal or in this game so that's always a plus good for him he seems to be the um, as as per tradition in his entire career he's the only one that's offensively the most consistent and here he's showing it um but the Washington Capitals are going to be hard pressed to win games if they don't can't score three goals. I mean, that's the 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 NHL goal against average is two and change, so you have to score at least three to give your team a chance. 
you would love to see the Washington Capitals, their high-powered offense, score five or six a game on average. You know, of course, that's completely unsustainable in the parity that the NHL provides, but that is that is something that we would love to see. Moving on, the big game, which for me was the big game, and unfortunately, I only really watched like a total of one game this week. I had, ho- I had hockey to play on the way. Obviously, I live near Pittsburgh, so we were talking scores, but I didn't actually get to see the gameplay other than the like, condensed game. Um, I'm not that hardcore that I will go back and rewatch an entire game. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, but that's okay because you know what? Like I said, we play 82 and I will, I will be there eventually for some of these games to watch completely. In fact, I do make it a point to watch most of them from start to finish. So the 26 versus Pittsburgh in DC, 7 PM. It's a three, two shootout win. Now of fucking course it is good. God, you know, when the Washington Capitals need to win regulation, they never do. It's 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 a pervasive problem at this point. This would have put us a full game ahead. Now we're half a game ahead. I mean, it's it's a it's a precarious situation when you come down to points totals down the stretch. Because um, if they put another game on us, it's a one and a half game you know, spread to the top. So it's basically two games that we would need to at least collect points from to tie them. Now, that doesn't sound crazy right now, but obviously in in three-game series, that is quite important. Uh, But in the first, let's go through it. The Caps dominated. Other than a few tricky plays from the Penguins, the Caps had the puck uh, all the time uh, until they undressed the PK from the Pins' six minutes into the game for an OV power play goal from his office, literally just like a flick of the wrist, nothing crazy only. I mean, you know, what's wild is he got on that one timer, which was an, a quarter swing, 77 miles an hour on that shot. Unreal. I mean, that's faster than you can travel on most highways. Let's just put it that way. So fast. With just an effortless flick the wrist right into the back of the net, super accurate. That's the big thing about Ovechkin. It's not so much how hard it is, which it is incredibly hard, but it's just how how he can place it. On a one-timer, there's so many things that have to go into lining that shot up. I've said it a hundred times, but this is just one of those. It's probably an easier goal for him, to be completely honest, than winding up the way he does. It's insane that he winds up the way he does and makes contact with the puck at all. But, I mean, yeah. All good. He scored. First period. And then at the end of the first, linchpin to the Stanley Cup, Lars Eller, showed his power forward side by single-handedly running the PK and almost scoring. Uh, incredible shift by him. Love him. That's why he's in the lineup, folks. That's why he's in the lineup. In the second, an incredibly lucky goal. Came off uh, for, uh, by the Caps letting up the ca- let the Caps let up uh, right off the pipe on a weird rebound short side. Kemper couldn't track that one. It actually hit the pipe, hit him, and then bounced just on a silver fucking platter for Danton Heinen to just tap in. If that's not the entire Penguins organization in one play, I don't know what the fuck is. 
But yeah, easy tapping goal. You got to spot the 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 Pittsburgh Penguins at least one goal when they're playing against you because you know of course. Um, Abe Kubel everywhere on the ice this period looked really good. Strom Ov Oshi line had a really good look too. I mean, what are these fucking lines? Um, I I can't keep up, but obviously Laviolette has a plan, so I'm I'm willing to let him cook there. Uh, in the third, 15 minutes into it, around the fourth or the uh, end of the third, Morjo gets room and absolutely snipes one over to Smith's glove. Uh, that line was Mojo, Backstrom, Milano. So, you know, crazy amount of, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's that Lavulette thinks that he has this chemistry because these players have all played together at least two out of three uh, at some point in their tenure in the NHL. But some of the, you know, people like freak out, like, why is this person on this line at game start or after warmies or during morning skate, like at this point in the season, you guys just got to realize that Lavulette puts that shit out there because he has to, he's not adhering to any of that. That's his, that's his right as the coach. That's his job as a coach. And I can't think back to a coach that blended lines. So like, I mean, just went out with wild combinations just to do so. Um, is is so quickly and so frequently as Laviolette does. And I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I mean, honestly, he's doing what he can to get the right guys on the ice. Um, quite the quite the, the line combo whisperer, if you will. Uh, but anyways, that was that was uh, that was a line that was out there. Again, this period, uh, Nicholas Abe Kubel all over the ice, but unfortunately Kemper towards the end gave up a short side roofer from Absolute shitbird Brian Rust. And we're going into overtime. In overtime, there were chances both ways, and the Caps had a power play but didn't convert. In the shootout, Raquel scored, and then Kuzi and Backstrom absolutely exposed the fraud that Casey the Smith is. I think that Kuzi's slow play is epic, and honestly, I think it makes it harder on him. That, I mean, it throws the goalie, I get it. But to place the puck... And, and then I also I also concede that he's like five feet away from the net. But he freezes the goalie. So, so it's genius on his level to just like freeze the goalie so that he has something to shoot out, that, shoot at that the, that the goalie can't react to and catch the goalie to, uh, in surprise. What kills me is that he's shooting for like the seven hole, which is like the hardest, the second hardest hole to score a goal on in all of hockey, right? It's, it's, it's the gap between the blocker and your body. Um, and that's usually what he aims for. This time he went far side, but like going blocker side high, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a tough, uh, that close. It's just, it's a tough shot to take. Um, and, and I guess that's just at the level that the NHL is at anymore. You just choose the hardest shot because it's it's convenient to your style. I don't know. Because um, that's off special in, in any case. And this really, I think, showcases it. I uh, love the creativity. Love him just doing it. Even though, like, last year they were like, there needs to be a minimum speed to a shootout goal. All the fucking assholes in Canada, like a ton of media or some some loud voices were 
we're bitching about how slow Kuznetsov is going forward. But look, he's progressing the puck fucking forward every time. He doesn't backtrack. He doesn't do a spinorama. Like he's following the rules exactly how they're written. So, I don't know. Fucking go pound salt, you haters. I love it. Um, it's always a good day when we beat Pittsburgh, even though we had to beat them in a fucking shootout, which gives them a point. Again, there's that half possession or that half game ahead or below us now. Um, they're only trailing us by one point. Luckily, they lost to San Jose, which is an embarrassment, but luckily they lost to San Jose. They're not too good out West. Uh, and we had a pretty tough week, so we still retain that first wild card spot. And keep in mind, in the East, the last wild card spot is it's almost a foregone conclusion that they're going to be playing the absolute buzz spot, buzzsaw Boston Bruins in the first round, which is, I, you know, if you're the last wild card spot and you upset the Boston Bruins in a historic year with a historic goaltender, with, with all the stars seemingly aligning for the Boston Bruins in the sense of Will and bringing back Bergeron and Krejci and all these guys for a one-year deal and, and ter- short-term, team-friendly to make moves, man, let's just say the odds are against you. But I, I would not be wanting to play the Boston Bruins full of piss and vinegar after not playing for a single thing for six months Going out and just being like, yeah, let's crush. Let's let's actually get involved in this game. And then reaching a new gear. God God forbid they reach a new gear uh, during your series. You're going to be screwed being the, the team that limped into the playoffs. Unless you can really successfully pull off like a trap and a turtle. Like the New Jersey Devils of, of yesteryear or the LA Kings. It's an incredibly tough proposition. You know, but about the Pins game, you know, this is what real rivalries are made of, though. Like, you know, both of these teams have, have had rough patches. The Pittsburgh Penguins, I think, are definitely hurting. I don't I don't think that they're I truly, you know, I say this every year, but I tr- this is the closest I think that the Pittsburgh Penguins in the past 10 years have been to just being like a not playoff team. I really don't think they're very good. Uh, and I think that the game tonight where they gave it their all, or this night that they gave it their all and they, they didn't capitalize uh, and the Caps ended up winning in a shootout uh, is, you know, somewhat of a, of a sign of that because you've got to think that the, the Pittsburgh Kings are elevating their game for this one. Um, all other, I mean, but if you look at the underlying calls and stats a little bit, uh, the game was wild, pretty close. The Caps outshot them. And that first period was a was a huge deal. You know, we dominated them. I mean, I think it was like 22 shots at the end of the first, and they had like not even double digits. That's huge. I would have loved to see those go in, and then, you know, we could have at least held our breath and won in, in regulation. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean – when it comes down to this rivalry night, you never know what's going to happen. So, of course, the Penguins got more calls. The Caps gave the puck away more, but also took it away more. So, all of the other, like, takeaway giveaway stats, uh, other than the Pims, really evened out. Faceoffs were close. Uh, we did outshoot them. And, you know, maybe that's the key. But we've outshot the Penguins in the past and still lost. So, very interesting. Interesting, uh, 
interesting kind of happening and, and we have not heard the last of the Pittsburgh Penguins, even though we only play them one more time in Pittsburgh. Two in DC, one in Pittsburgh this year. Which is wild. I would have one hundred percent thought that DC would have would have gotten the short and the stick on, on that one. But um we have not heard the last of them. They are going to be a thorn in our side all the way down the stretch. We're going to be watching closely at their performance because, again, no one wants to be in their spot when it comes down to playoff order. All right, moving on to the Toronto game. It was pretty much back and forth in the first. Uh, this was on the 29th. It was, a, it was an ass-beating. 5-1 to one loss. The Washington Capitals, you know, they got to a point where they just, you know, too many lapses too many times and then feeling down on yourself after letting in a, a goal is, is always bad, exasperated by the offensive power of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just kind of, a, you know, it overcame us. In the first, the game was back and forth, ended up burying, you know, uh, but Backstrom did end up burying the first of his season off the power play. You know, I think, I think Nicholas Backstrom has a better shot from that bumper or from that half boards position than Kuznetsov. Uh, and they're both uh, lefties, so you know, good for good for Backy. Finally, the first goal of his campaign. He's he's been racking up apples, but love to see him finally bury. Uh, and it was it was a great shot from from that half board. Uh, on the Maple Leafs, uh, great feed from uh, oh, on the Maple Leafs feed, the great one Wayne Gretzky came in for a surprise visit to the broadcasting uh, team. Uh, I understand that's something that happened to Joby and Locker, I think, in the second, too. So just, you know, just old man Wayne rambling around, popping in, you know, and you always humor him. That's that's where Wayne Gretzky's at right now. Shaking in his boots because Ovechkin's about to come take that scoring title. Anyways, in the second, the wheels absolutely fell off the Washington Capitals pretty early, too. On the power play, minutes into the second... Uh, Nicholas Abeku Bell was called. It was a good call. It was a hold. He's playing with the free hand and he kind of salute to the guy down. Uh, but it's in the corner. So you kind of got to give like the meh. That's a hockey play, I guess. Uh, really just collateral damage taking that, taking that penalty. But the, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs capitalized on that. And then, you know, stop me if you heard this before, but the Capitals giving a player the first goal of his of his year or getting a guy off the schneid. Well, that guy tonight was Morgan Riley. Uh, no one picked him up. There were three white jerseys below the goal line, hoping to win that puck battle. And it just didn't come that didn't, didn't work out that way. And a pretty good pass squirted in front to Riley all alone who buried it. Uh, William Nylander buried a pass, uh, which I thought was like an overpassing play. It was a three on one. And, you know, I guess you're showing off the skill of your team. The Toronto Maple Leafs, 10 passes over to Nylander, buried it short side, pretty frustrating because Gustafson did have a stick on that puck. It ended up in really just slowing the play down. I would have loved for him to obviously control that and, and push it the other way, but that's tough. It's a three on one passing play and he, they had him spun. There's not much he could do. And then three minutes later, Ingvall comes over top Gustafson again, out of position. He fell down, you know, couldn't recover. 
And after that, Kemper was pulled for a good mercy pull. So really, we're looking at four unanswered goals from the from the Toronto Maple Leafs in that period alone. The Washington Capitals were typically really good in the second, but the, that has not been the case as of late. Uh, seems like their first periods are a little bit stronger, but honestly, it doesn't matter if you play a full 60 really well, so maybe we should do that. Um, easier said than done, of course. In the third, Zach Aston Reese still mad that his jaw was shattered in the playoffs by uh, by Tom Wilson at St. Thomas, if you will. Absolutely dangled Lindgren, uh, but that was the only goal that Lindgren surrendered the rest the whole game uh, after being after Kemper was pulled about midway through the second. The Caps did try to counterpunch, but it was just too little, too late. Other than these like small defensive lapses tonight uh, with Toronto, I, I'm not hating the Washington Capitals game on their, you know, of course, I, I don't know. I really don't know. And and when Backstrom and Wilson were coming back, we had many conversations. I talked to Griffin Young's uh, from Teledavs. It is podcast, a big Caps fan, lives in Maryland. Um, I just... I had thought that before Backstrom and Wilson came back that the Caps, when they peaked, they looked world-beating, like a special team in December. They looked really, really, really good, like, you know, had a shot to go deep in the playoffs and do whatever they could, right? And, and, and hell, you get past the second round, all bets are off. The Washington Capitals could absolutely win a cup. Who knows? Unfortunately, Wilson and Baxter have come back. The Capitals have faltered a little bit. Their schedule's gotten a little bit harder. This was a brutal week. This was a brutal week. You had uh, a home game, an away game, or you had a, an away game, a home game, and then an away game. I mean, it was a lot of travel. Uh, but at the same time, I had thought that adding Baxter and Wilson back into the mix, and Wilson's been out from blocking that shot, uh, you know, against uh, against Colorado two games ago, it's it's frustrating because you would think that they would be better, but they are not. <laughs> right? That's that's where it all roots from. Like you would think that they would be better, but they are not. And how long is it going to take for everybody to get going? Obviously, Nicholas Backstrom has been amazing. It changes the vibe of the team a little bit, but he's been really good. Tom Wilson, he's in and he's back out. Nick Dowd, we've had on the shelf from that big hit. That is a huge energy guy that's gone. I don't know what the Washington Capitals are going to do during a play- trade deadline. Um, you know, we talk about it with Mikey Forbes in the next episode on Thursday. So tune into that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they actually try to execute and who they're actually going to go for. And if they move a piece of the core, who knows? Um, but keep in mind the Washington Capitals and everybody in the league knows that we're up against the cap. So we don't want to, we don't want to reek of desperation. Nobody likes that. So overall, the Washington Capitals went one and two, this, this, uh, entire stretch, this, this last three games, I thought they're going to go on three. I'm happy that they beat the Penguins. That's, that's amazing. So all in all, like, Moral victories all over the place. Ovi's pot and goals, still a good thing. 
but the Washington Capitals do have some things to figure out. <clears throat> and defensively, I think they need to tighten up and still play what they were doing before, the way that they were going before in December. And then on the front end, when you live and die by offense, you can die pretty hard. So the offensive side of the puck would, you know, I'd really like to see that come around and us start averaging like more than three goals a game. That would be amazing. Uh, of course, like I said, tough to do night in and night out. But, uh, you know, I'd love to see us close out maybe like a one, two, two, one victory, one, nothing shutout. Who knows? That would be, uh, I think that if we could get to that point, the Washington Capitals defensively would be a, a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Next week, there's the All-Star break. But before, we have one last game tomorrow, which would be Tuesday at Columbus at 7 p.m. I'll actually be at that game. So if you see me, like, you know, fucking, I don't know. If you're going to if you're gonna do something violent to me, just make it quick. And definitely do it when I'm not looking. But if you want to, like, buy me a beer, if you want to meet up, if you want to fucking, like, I don't know, talk some shit, see me there. At Nationwide Stadium, uh, or Arena, I should say, on the 31st, 7 p.m. in Columbus. It's a hopefully one of those quote-unquote scheduled wins against the Blue Jackets. Hope to see Ovi light it up. Would love to see a hat trick from him. Uh, do something crazy. Um, and then it's the All-Star break. So hopefully we're going to start seeing <laughs> every episode. Hopefully we're going to start seeing guys come back, but... We do have truly like an entire week where everybody gets a buy and can reload. Keep in mind, other teams are doing that as well. But I do feel that like a, a fully healthy, fully optioned um, Washington Capitals team has a lot of potential. So this is where post All-Star break is where every fucking game matters. This is truly in the stretch. Games have mattered for the Washington Capitals in the past a uh, couple months, like the whole season, really. But here is where the boys are going to really have to show what they're made of. And, you know, you'll probably hear a lot more, uh, I guess, scrutiny from this podcast on what the hell is going on uh, and, and you know, what being very critical about poor results. Let's just say that. <laughs> so at this time I feel like the Washington Capitals you know they've they've got their time in you know Laviolette and his coaching staff are going to be hard at work throughout the entire All-Star break I don't know if they're going to be doing practices I, f I forget the rules on, on the All-Star break but uh, I believe teams are still allowed to skate so they're going to be working on things and I really hope that after post All-Star break uh, we're going to start seeing the final evolution of this Washington Capitals team in this year of 2023. Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Oh, in my prediction, I think we beat Columbus. Duh. All right. <laughs> my thanks for tuning in. Next or on, on on our next episode on Thursday, we've got Mikey Forbes from Out of Time, recording artist, lead singer of that band, punk rock. Uh, you know, has a label, music videos, all the things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, so it's a little bit of a change from just purely hockey. Uh, we even get to play some of his music, which is awesome. And uh, he gave us a bit of an exclusive that you're just going to have to tune in and, and hear about. So, Caps fans, 
Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to me. Until Thursday, you definitely don't want to miss Thursday's episode. I'll see you then. Hockey Trail, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Trail podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.